Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Podcast1.com and Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening and subscribing and checking it out around the world. It is greatly appreciated. Hope everybody in the U.S. had a great Thanksgiving last Thursday. And good to be settled in with you guys for another episode of the podcast this week. So uh, we got a great interview for you as always. As I always tell you, the interviews you hear on this show are courtesy of my daily radio show on Sirius XM radio. You can hear trunk nation daily live two to four Eastern Monday through Friday, talking rock on Sirius XM channel one Oh six volume. And the show replays every night, 10 to midnight Eastern. And it's on demand anytime you want on the Sirius XM app as well with audio and video content. So plenty of ways to listen, plenty of ways to get caught up on everything going on. And, uh, Appreciate you guys in the U.S. and Canada who do listen daily to Trunk Nation on volume on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Of course, here on the podcast, for those that do not subscribe or the many that listen outside the U.S. or Canada, where Sirius XM are not, uh, is not available, I should say, you get a little taste of what I'm doing on a daily basis on the radio. And uh, again, I appreciate you checking it out. So here we are already into December, folks. How about it? And the holidays are just around the corner. The end of the year, we're looking, staring straight down the barrel of 2020, a new decade. So crazy when you think about it, but uh, pretty good year for me. Crazy as ever. The busiest year I've ever had. And that continues because I've got another big event coming up. Now, at the time you hear this podcast, I am actually in Switzerland, where I've never been before. And the story on that is pretty interesting because I was supposed to, 
I was invited to a surprise party for Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top that was scheduled to take place today, actually, if you're listening on post day in Zurich, which was a tremendous honor. And I'm grateful that I was invited to the thing. And the plane tickets were purchased, which was part of the deal to go. And then the event was canceled or postponed or whatever they ended up doing. And Billy ended up finding out about it, I'm told. So that's why I'm, I'm telling you it's not, uh, you know, not blowing any potential surprise. But the tickets were there. And uh, what the heck? I figured I might as well go and get to see a part of the world I've never seen. And my kids, especially my son, extremely excited about leaving the country, essentially, with a passport for the first time. So I, uh, I have that trip just for a couple days as you're hearing this. And then I come back and I'm not even home for a day. And I turn around and head to Los Angeles yet again. Because coming up one week from today, one week from this post day, on Thursday, the 12th of December, I'll be doing the next Trunk Nation L.A. Invasion from the Rainbow in L.A. And I'm excited about this because we're going to do something a little different. We're going to do a holiday party. You know, I do these Rainbow broadcasts every month. This time, things are going to be a little different. It's going to be loose. We're going to open the floodgates to all the artists that have ever been on past L.A. Invasions. Maybe some surprise guests. A little bit of a free-for-all. And everyone from the public is invited to come no ticket needed, no guest list, no nothing. So if you are in Southern California, come on down and join me on December 12th at the Legendary Rainbow in West Hollywood. I'll be broadcasting live on Sirius XM from the patio, 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, surprise guests, maybe even surprise guests to me that I don't know are coming. And... uh all of my friends, fans, whatever. We're just going to have a great party. I'm going to get somebody in a Santa outfit. I'm thinking Chad from Faster Pussycat. <laughs> I'm going to try to get my buddy John Five to play some guitar for us going into breaks. So I'm going to bring a big box of CDs and hand out some great prizes and just celebrate the end of what has been a fantastic year and a fantastic year of monthly broadcast from the Rainbow in L.A. So I hope to see you if you're in Southern California, you're headed that way, December 12th, L.A. Invasion Holiday Party, live on volume, 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific time, totally free to come down and join the fun and buy me a drink. <laughs> and I'll buy you one, too. Speaking of drinks, let me tell you about what is truly one of my favorite drinks, and I'm not even just saying this. My... The thing I drink the most is spring water. I love water. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but I drink a ton of water. I enjoy it, and I'm constantly chugging water. And I got to tell you about Liquid Death, because even though the name sounds kind of like off-putting, <laughs> it's actually really great spring water. It's actually from the mountains and rich with natural electrolytes and minerals. Now, here's what's really cool about liquid death it is great tasting water and it comes in a can what would look like a can of beer or a can of soda and one of the things 
that you got to love about Liquid Death is their mission is to bring a uh, bring death to plastic. You see, aluminum cans are way more recyclable. And we see everybody with these huge plastic bottles, and you see them in garbage pails, and only a small percentage of that actually gets recycled. So there's so much, uh, so many issues with plastic. It's not actually even recyclable anymore, and it's going straight to landfills. It's just not a good option. So liquid death is a great option because it's tremendous quality water, and it comes in a highly recyclable aluminum can. As a matter of fact, liquid death donates five cents from every can sold to help clean up plastic pollution and bring clean drinking water to those in need. So you're doing something great for the environment. You're doing something great for yourself because it's great for you to drink water. And Liquid Death is fantastic spring water. So here's what I want you to do. You see, Liquid Death is only available in a handful of stores, so you have to order it online. We got a special deal for you. Go to liquiddeath.com slash trunk, T-R-U-N-K. They're offering listeners an exclusive deal to get $2 off every case. That's liquiddeath.com slash trunk, liquiddeath.com slash T-R-U-N-K. Or better yet, you can click the option to literally sell your soul on their website in exchange for a free case. Yep, you can actually sign a real soul contract that is legally binding for eternity. I'm telling you, it's a lot of fun. It's a great product. When I bust it out and my friends come over, hey, you got a water, and I hand them a can of this stuff. They look at it. They think it's incredibly cool. Uh, Being in aluminum keeps the water cooler. It's better for the environment. It's great spring water. Liquid Death, again, that email address, liquiddeath.com slash trunk, T-R-U-N-K. I mean, if you call yourself a rock fan, a metal fan, how can you not love a product called Liquid Death? (laughs) Great stuff. I'm telling you, it's really a lot of fun, so check it out. So, Anyway, uh, L.A. Invasion. Also, a quick heads up, December 14th on my schedule, I was supposed to be in Erlanger, Kentucky, outside of Cincinnati for a speaking gig. That gig has now been postponed, folks. Uh, It is going to be rescheduled for a new date, likely in February. There were some issues with the venue, the venue potentially moving or something changing. When I know more, I'll let you know, but the December 14th gig in Erlanger is postponed. New date coming soon. So outside of L.A. Invasion at the Rainbow on December 12th, the final appearance event for me in December will be December 20th, and that's my annual That Metal Show Christmas party, which happens at Dingbats in Clifton, New Jersey. Myself, Don, and Jim reuniting. Some great bands, a lot of fun. So if you happen to be uh, in New Jersey, come see us at Dingbats in Clifton on December 20th, the final appearance for what has been an unbelievable 2019, and I thank you all for your support. As usual, my appearances are on the homepage of eddytrunk.com, and I urge you to follow me on Twitter, especially at eddytrunk, where you get all the info and updates as they happen, and also Instagram at eddytrunk, fan page, on Facebook as well, simply at my name. Okay, so 
interview for you this week coming up is one that took place a couple months ago, actually. And I never posted it till now, but it's still very relevant. Now, you know George Lynch from Dokken, but George is also a man of many, many bands. I mean, this guy is the Mike Portnoy of electric guitar. He's in a million bands, seemingly announcing a new one every few weeks. One of the bands he's been in that's now made a few albums is a group called KXM. That is a phenomenal trio featuring Doug Pinnock of King's X and Ray Luzier of the band Korn. To this day, they have yet to play a live show, but they have released three albums, including a relatively new one. It's very, very difficult to get these guys all together in the same place because, like so many of these sort of assembled supergroups, they're all in a million directions, and they are always all going to defer to whatever is the biggest, most lucrative prime gig of the multiple bands they may have, which is understandable. So to that end, KXM has yet to do a live show, but they've released records. And even trying to get them all together for an interview is extremely difficult because they're all in different places at different times. And Doug Pinnock is in a ton of bands as well. So I tried a couple months ago with the release of the latest KXM record to get all three guys in the studio when I was in L.A. But Ray Luzier these days lives in Tennessee. George and Doug live in L.A. So I was able to get George and Doug at least two-thirds of the band together. And it was a fun interview, and we talk about KXM and their individual projects and other stuff as well. So I think you're going to enjoy this. And here's a little backstory on this, which you might find kind of surprising. And I believe it's referenced and comes up in the interview. So George Lynch has a massive phobia of tight spaces, claustrophobia, basically. Now, I don't like tight spaces either, but George has it to the extreme, meaning that this interview was conducted in our brand new studio for Sirius XM in L.A., and when George got there, we're only on the eighth floor, but he was freaked out to go in the elevator. He also didn't want to go in the stairwell unless all the stairwell doors were open. He has a serious issue. And I said that to him, I said, I don't know how you deal with that, given that you're a touring musician and going in different venues and having to, to do interviews and planes and what have you. He finds ways to make it work, but we had to work a little bit to get George into the building. And as you'll hear in the interview, we finally did get him in the studio. And then once he got there, he was totally fine. And then we helped him get out of the building as well. Uh, again, I, I get it because I don't like confined spaces either, but George has it to the extreme. And as I think he references in the interview, it's seem seemingly only getting worse. But we managed to get George in there. Doug was there waiting on him, and we had a fun conversation. So this week's podcast, Doug Pinnock of King's X, George Lynch, best known of Dokken, two-thirds of a band they have together called KXM. We discussed that and a whole lot more. Enjoy. It's coming up on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. 
What's up, Brian Deegan here. I'm excited to bring you our podcast, The Deegans, that will be every Wednesday on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. We'll be covering many subjects such as racing, family, how we stay together, how we thrive as a family. So I think it's exciting. We're going to cover all those subjects and many more. Be sure you guys check out our new podcast, The Deegans, airing every Wednesday on Podcast One and on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. All righty, Eddie Trunk here on the podcast for the week. As I mentioned, my guests are George Lynch and Doug Pinnock, two-thirds of a band they have together with Ray Luzier called KXM. And I just remembered, I think Ray calls in during the interview towards the back end as well. So I think we do get Ray on the phone. This interview happened about six, seven weeks ago. Been a little while since I heard it, but it's still very relevant, still very current. And I wanted to get it to you sooner, and I just kind of spaced on it. So without further ado, uh, let's get to the Sirius XM Studios in L.A., courtesy of my daily show on volume, Channel 106, Trunk Nation, Ray Luzier, and Doug Pinnock. Enjoy. Pinnock is here. I am at George, Fort Knox. George is just figuring <laughs> George out. George, I'm just kind of here. George is just figuring out that he's live on the radio on Sirius What's XM. What's radio? <laughs> on 106. And yes, he said he said to me, can people hear this in their car right now? No, can I hear it in my car? <laughs> well, you could hear the replay. I got to pay for Sirius. Well, if you, do you have Sirius XM radio? Uh, do you got a coupon? <laughs> <laughs> Alex, you got a code for George? Come on. Can you hook him up? I need one, too. Uh, d- you know, Doug, see, now you're not laughing at me so bad. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll, see we can, we'll see what we can do here. Uh, but yes, if you have Sirius XM, you could not only hear it live right now, but you could hear the replay tonight. Or you could listen mm. to it on an app. There's a bunch of ways you could listen to it. I was so, kidding. I know that. Yeah, Duh. yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> good to see. We have two-thirds, a two-thirds KXM reunion going on. Woo-hoo. But before we get to to uh, to talking about that, because we have a lot of time here. We're going to be good. we got awesome. over an hour. Oh, cool. So we're going to get calls. We're going to talk yeah. to people. But George, we were just talking off the air. So you were not comfortable coming into this building because you don't like tight spaces like and the- elevators and things like that, right? Well, there's one particular tight space I'm okay with, but other than that, <laughs> other than that, yes, no, I have, and it's gotten increasingly worse over the years as I've gotten older. So now I have to, my travel agent has to really work with me, and uh, in in, in uh, the way that I travel, and I feel very bad about that. I mean, even coming here today it was like getting into Fort Knox. You know, I had a security team walk me because you wouldn't come into the elevator. I can't go in an elevator. What no. about the stairwell though? You wouldn't. You can't. I mean, you won't walk the stairwell too. Depends. Too confined? It's a high security stairwell. I have to be careful. I have to have all the doors propped open and so forth. When and, when did this first happen? Like, was there a, something that triggered this that started? Uh, it? I got stuck in a couple elevators and I got stuck in a couple stairwells and that aggravated it. So. Um, yeah. How it's, long it's, ago? Like back in the docking uh, day? Yeah, decades ago. But decades. it's gotten just slowly, incrementally worse over the years. So now you're a touring musician. What do you do right. without flying? It's very challenging. I'm I'm going to a hypnotist about it. And uh, ch- flying, I have to be very close to the, the the door, and I have to be where the bulkhead is, or wow. first class, or business class. And I pay for that, and that's a cost of touring for me. And if I can't do that, I'll drive. And I've gotten off planes and drove ten hours. And I was happy to do it and stay on the ground because it's just, and it was just a stress reliever and I was just very happy to do it. Because <laughs> I'm wow. just thinking, yeah, you, you freaks me out. With Dawkins, when you guys did those reunion shows a few years ago, those were in Japan. So that's that's a well, hell I get of a first class ticket, <laughs> right. and thank God for alcohol. Well, yeah, <laughs> and, and other things. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So all right. Well, 
I mean, I just know. I didn't even air all my freaking dirty laundry. No, it's not dirty laundry. There's uh, other people that that's deal with right, that, I'm right. sure. But you, it's, debilitating. it's particularly there, challenging because you're a touring musician. And there are worse things, though. Right, of course you know, there are. I mean, I could work around this. Yeah. But, you found you know. a workaround today to get here. Yeah. You find a way to make it work. Otherwise, I'd be doing this from my car on the phone, and that would have sucked. <laughs> that would have been weird. Eight floors. <laughs> yeah. George Lynch from eight floors. Well, you could have heard it in your car, George. I could have just yelled up through the window from the parking structure. You really could have heard me. Doug, did you know this? Uh, yeah, I found out about a month ago. Because you guys have not toured together. No. Because well, unfortunately, KXM has not played live yet. True. Which is something we'll get into in a second. But but you, when you do, you're going to have to make sure you take care of our boy here, George. Well, well, the first time we learned it when we did, what video is that? Um, uh, Breakout? Mm-hmm. We were in that elevator, and it was going up and down. Which is what the song is about. Yes. And, and it took us about an hour to get him in that elevator to do that. And we did it twice and got and him out And then it got quick. stuck. It did get stuck. How did you feel? Oh, dude. Oh, you I had to talk myself. I had to close my eyes. That's the first I thing you do is that. close your eyes. Oh yeah, and you and you go to your happy place, <laughs> and just had to and and they got it going right away. Yeah, and it was an open freight elevator, an old antique freight elevator, so I could see out. So that helped. If I, in other words, if I go to Vegas, you know, a glass elevator where I can see the atrium and I can see everybody. That makes it a lot better. See, I, mean, I don't like that because I don't like the height. I don't. Uh, like I'm see. fine with height. I don't I'm like heights. So wow. I got. I. I don't. I don't like that at all. Doug, have you ever had any phobias like that, or I have any phobias? Water and snakes. Water and snakes. Can you swim? No. So you, wow, you I, never learned to swim. No, I almost drowned when I was a kid, and my, my friends took me out in the water and dumped me, let me go, and I almost drowned. My cousin came and got me, and from that point on, I had a fear of the depths. It's like water to me is, I don't know how deep it is where the bottom is, so that's the fear. And snakes, I'm dyslexic, so when a snake moves, I can't tell which way it's going. And as a kid, I never understood that. So every time I saw a snake, I thought it was going running after me, and I was afraid of it. And I would always run. But one day I was standing on the street and watched a snake cross the street, and I swear to God, it was going left. But every time I kept looking at it, it was going that way. But in my mind, it was going the opposite way, and it freaked wow. me out. And that's when I realized that. Like George said, everybody's mm-hmm. got their thing, man. Yeah. Did you ever have a desire to learn how to swim? Just for safety purposes? Oh, I would love to. In fact, you don't think you can um, get past it? No, I can because it's, it's a matter of trust and not knowing that I can float. Uh, I know that if I'm one time I was in the ocean and I and I was on I held uh, put my hand on my friend's shoulder and I was fine. As long as I know there's something steady, I can get in the water. You can see the bottom, right? Oh, like not see the bottom as much as just know I'm going to float. That makes more George, sense. George, get up on the mic when you talk. Because yeah. if you have your headphones on so you can hear your oh, mic level. If you go to a pool and mm-hmm. you can see your feet, are you okay? Yeah, but when I see the, the six inch or the, the six feet deep or the eight feet deep part, my balls crawl up. <laughs> oh, Literally, all, all I look three down of them. and everything just goes, oh, <laughs> and I can't deal with that. it. So I just down. I can get in water, but just not look down if I knew I was going to float. Okay. I mean, I've been on boats. I think this would, maybe. all the things we're talking about should be our next video. Okay. And call the song Claustrophobia. Or Phobia. You got, or just phobia. Phobia. You got it. Yeah, yeah. Just, what, are you in uh, the writing uh, process now? No. We have to give him credit. <laughs> but you <laughs> got to transpose the snakes, okay? Because so I'm not going to be in a room with this You snake. have to do... Well, how are CGI. we going to do that if you don't do it? CGI. I'll do it. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll have some therapy snakes. on it. Maybe... Okay. It might help me to get over it. <laughs> mm, I that, but I'll tell well, you. I'm, not, I'm not getting in an ele- elevator in the video either. Right. If so. I found a snake in my house, I would move. What what uh, what uh, phobia does uh, Ray have? 
Yeah, you got to find Ray Lazier. Uh, yeah, we got to find out. I think he's allergic to guitar players. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ray's in Nashville now, right? Yes. Yeah. So we should. I was Isn't everybody? We should, we should, yeah, it seems that way. Not everybody. We should put him on, uh, see if we text him and see if he wants to call in for a segment and have him on on the phone. I'll do that. It'll Let's be good it. to include that, Ray you in do, this you, conversation. You, you got your glasses Since on. we're going to talk about a bunch of different <laughs> stuff beyond, of course, but. KXM is what you guys are here to talk about. The new album, Circle of Dolls, is out. Third album, right? Yes. Third yes. album already. Can you believe that? That's just Time insane flies. to me. Got a song about it. Like, here, tell here, me here, about. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about doing this one as opposed to the last two. Anything you did? I I love the record. I was listening to it this morning actually for the first time, and I was telling George I like the first record a little better than the second record, mm -hmm. and then this record I like maybe better than any of them. Cool. It's what? Really, that's yeah, a good way to I, look at it. You're yeah. just not saying that because we're here. No, but I have to. I'm, I'm going to live with it a little bit more, mm -hmm. and I'll I'll make my final ranking. But tell me about going into the third one because to me, tell me if I'm wrong here. But one of the things I love about what you guys do with KXM, it feels very live. It feels like three guys walking into a room, and then just kind of coming up with something and just going with it, and just very organic and spontaneous. Is that just the way it sounds to me, or is that the way it's created? It's pretty much created that way. Yeah, it I sounds like, I mean, do you guys go in with loose ideas, or you come up with them as you're jamming? What's Not the process? Allowed. Not allowed. That's the law. In the Ray band. is the uh, the songwriting police. He's yeah. the compositional um, security, mm -hmm. and he does not allow that, and he can detect it. He has a bullshit detector or somewhere. And, and like when we're jamming and sometimes I'll be in the parking lot in the studio that morning or be driving in and I'll have some kind of little thing that's in my head or on my phone memo or something that I've been dicking around with and I'll walk in, I'll go, Hey, you know, let's, I'll start playing it. He'll, he'll, he'll immediately like, no, you already had that idea, right? Yep. yep. We do that all the time. He you calls got, it out. Everything's got to be fresh. And he changes the beat. He makes it impossible mm -hmm. to play that. <laughs> and he changes the beat. And then a lot of times the songwriting starts with Ray. Yeah. It's crazy. I've never been in a band with a guy that, like the drummer starts the song. You he'll know, just start, ideas. he'll sit on his drums and he'll be testing them and he'll just play some kind of riff and I'll go, stop, play that again. Polyrhythmic tribal yeah, shit. Yeah, and I'll find a bass line in it and then George looks up and goes, wow, that's cool and we'll jam on it for a few minutes. Then we'll have Chris record it. We'll, we'll record the riff a few times until we own it. You know, we just keep going and going, yeah. and then we'll record it, and then say, "Oh, that's a part. Let's do another yeah. one, and we'll make up another." It's all thing. parts. We and just we... stream parts together. See, we'll... that's exactly what it feels like mm -hmm. to me. In a good way, though, it feels like it's just kind of flowing yeah. well, as it's happening. Here's the thing, though: that what when we're talking about Ray, this is what Ray does. After we make up five or six parts, or three or four, how many, however many we decide to make up, me and George walk away, and Ray pops into the and goes into the studio, and he cuts and pastes until he makes it a song, and it makes really cool sense. He'll come in and say, "Hey guys, check this out." Can we play? Can this be a song? Can you sing a chorus to this? And I go, you know, yes. We always say yeah because we're always up for the challenge, no matter what it is, pretty much. And then Ray goes back in and plays the whole song straight through, owning it. And that's our bed. That's our bed. So, so you, so, so any preconceived ideas are not welcome. You can't go in. George, if you have a riff that came to you the night before and you want to bring that in and say, hey guys, I want to, I, I got an idea. Let me show you. That's forbidden unless i disguise it really well or yeah. slip it in later but it never, never <laughs> true. happens because true. because you know what there's no lack of ideas right. i mean the thing None. is it, it's really interesting uh that you know, all three of us all contribute like 
33 and a third percent. It's yeah. crazy. You know, <laughs> Dougie's just like, he, and a lot of those riffs are, 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 are Dougie just coming up on, on with him on the bass, which I'm not used to because just because you have the guitar in your hands, you're pretty much, you're writing most of the riffs in most bands, you know, right. just by nature, um, by default, but not the case. And it's, it's like I said, we described how Ray comes up with stuff and Dougie does too. He'll be like, he'll be doing these freaking riffs on his bass, which are like sound cool and i'm like okay and i i try to copy that you know so so i'm just a third contributor you know which is very strange he's the icing on the cake yeah 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 raise and the then, foundation i'm the groove and then you just put the icing on top of it and makes it a cake and then we find words where did the what is the name kxm where did it come from king's x lynch mob and corn kxm king's x lynch mob it's m a weird name because like a lot of my friends will call it, they still, after however many years we've been together, like six years, they still yeah. call it KMX. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's a tough name to get right. So, so never Kings, King's X is the KX. Uh-huh. No, just K. Is the K. Mm-hmm. Where's corn? Corn is no, no, no. no, 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 no. X is King's X. Yeah, X is, you don't even know your own letter, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't. I really don't. K is is. K is corn. for corn. But why is M for lynch mob? Why would it be we, L for George? Because KLX didn't sound right. KXL? I think is cool. Yeah, it didn't sound it right. KXL. <laughs> Let's change it. We could, wait, well, not anymore. That's great. <laughs> George. KLX. That's George. He always wants to change things after it's done. <laughs> By the way, this wouldn't be the first time I sat with George during an interview and tried to change a band name. Remember, was it TNN or TNN? <laughs> Dude, I'm the worst. George, how many bands have you been in? You got me beat. It's not a contest. I was just going to say both What do guys- I win? Uh, what do I nothing. Win? nothing. Exactly. This cup of tea, green tea. Maybe a few bucks if somebody buys it. Not even directly. organic green tea. No stevia. Hello. Oh, my gosh. Freaking Elevate. serious. We got elevators here that are killing them. We got no stevia. <laughs> yeah. No organic. It's not organic. Which place is just falling apart, George. <laughs> Charge uh. me for parking. No, no you I'm not getting paid for. No, it. But I am getting gonna, a coupon, so that's cool. You're not getting paid. You're not getting parking. coupons. <laughs> I don't know anything about coupons. Fifty percent off. I'll look serious. into Hello. it. <laughs> you, get, you get ten cents off the food. Dude, we're old. We need our coupons. <laughs> I got my ARP <laughs> card. I won't do it, dude. I won't sign up okay, for it. I want to tell you the most exciting thing that happened to me so far this year. What? And Dougie's going to relate to this big time. I hate to put you on the spot. Okay. We were just at his birthday party. I got to get a break in 30 ago. seconds. Okay. So you want to hold it? Just, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Hold it. This will be a great tease. Dude. This is this is what we do in radio. This I don't is even know if I can talk about it. I don't know if I should talk about He's it. We'll talk about it over the break. going to reveal something We'll discuss over the break. What's up, Brian Deegan here. I'm excited to bring you our podcast, The Deegans, that will be every Wednesday on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. We'll be covering many subjects such as racing, family, how we stay together, how we thrive as a family. So I think it's exciting. We're going to cover all those subjects and many more. Be sure you guys check out our new podcast, The Deegans, airing every Wednesday on Podcast One and on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. George, what did you want to say before the break? You had a, I had a big, big reveal about Doug. Did you know? No, it's very exciting. Well, it's something that Doug can relate to, because um, you know neither one of us are spring chickens, whatever. <laughs> Although we're like in good shape and stuff. Yeah, you know, we still play good and all that crap. But anyways, <laughs> I got my Medicare card last week, uh-huh. and I don't know if that's something we want to talk about on the radio. But for me, at, at this point in my life, I'm like really, really excited. I thought I was going to be bummed when it happened, and I'm like. I'm officially like a golden age. So what do you got to be to get that? Sixty five. Sixty five. Yeah, I'm gonna be sixty five uh, next week. You get so Social you're, Security you're, yet? 
I, I can take it, but I'm oh. not going to take it on my weight. I so just, your health coverage basically is golden the rest of the way. Yeah. Now you're what, so as I'm not really excited about getting sick. I want to get sick. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. I, I got a colonoscopy yesterday. Get and the I walked fuck. In and Do you have any card. pictures? No. Come on. But I'm, I'm, the doctor says I'm fine, but it's so fun. He says, can I see your card? And I give the card because how much I owe? Nothing. You walk out oh. the door. How old are you? 69. Son of a- I'm going to be 65. Bitch. So hey, raise the baby of the band. He's like 52. Yeah. He's so cute we like squeeze his cheeks yeah, and stuff. Well, hold on a second hold on a second <laughs> and and i am not just saying this because you guys are sitting here the two of you guys for your age i've always known that have you like, seen this guy with his shirt off yes hello yeah you know how freaking sh- shitty he makes ridiculously me feel? thin and i, I mean work I, out. how do you do that by the way how you've always been thin right yeah Never, right. never, like, never get, even as you got older. That's not thin. Yeah. That's not no, thin. That's a, ripped. I have many relatives my age and older that didn't gain weight either. It just runs in my family. But because of it, I, I or work out. I do 25 sit-ups, push-ups, and pull-ups uh, and, and curls every day. You just, do? Just 25. Been doing it for 40 years. Every day I get up, I'll go and I'll just, I'll do my pull-ups, about 25 of them, and push-ups, and every day I do that. But you always looked, I mean, because I knew Doug when, when King's X was signed to Megaforce, I worked there. 1988, and I, I met Doug back then, and- it, we were shocked at that point to learn how old Doug was because how great he looked then, Thanks. which is crazy. And well, we're George, late bloomers. We're late. We I know was 38 George, when our first record came out. It's crazy. A baby. And we know George went through his um, Lynch, Lynch Biscuit phase. <laughs> With when he uh, was all bulked up, oh, with you, George was a. You ever, yeah. you ever see George yes. back then? Yes, all he thought about was going to the gym and pumping up. He didn't even care about playing. Steroids. <laughs> what? Hello? And you messed up your playing too, right? When you were it that. Did. It that, did. That, I, that and then finally, I had a, a wake up moment, and, and I was like, wait a minute, am I. What am I put on earth here to displace more space or am i here to like play make, create music and you know i couldn't play because my arm would get uh you know get these uh sores you know like like i just get stiff in the middle of my performance when i was playing live mr wow. scary or something I, I just my arm would just freeze up so what, what made you get what, what what inspired you to do that you just mentioned roids that you well got roids. i was going through uh uh some personal stuff uh, uh my marriages and things like that you know so through i've been married four times but it, but so you'd manifested it was a in way that i out? was able to deal with whatever i was going through at the time by uh, just kind of reinventing myself Drugs from, and the, sex and rock and roll. from the outside <laughs> in you know and it worked for me and you know what i don't regret it even though it led to a lot of problems for me i don't regret doing it because it really got me through it alive you know got me through some really rough periods in my life where i was um pretty much didn't know where to go you're older and i wasn't wise. finding jesus and I wasn't, you know, it wasn't, there was other things that weren't happening for me. So I was just like, I, I was kind of in a low spot career wise. And, uh, so I, um, I was going through a, a, a divorce and it helped me feel better about myself and, um, give me the energy and the positive, optimistical outlook, hopeful outlook that I needed to keep pushing forward every day. So when you, did somebody turn you on to roids? Uh, yeah, my best friend got me hooked hooked huh? <laughs> and it's you... like any other drug because you the, your greatest fear is shrinking wow. and taking up less space if somebody says hey man you lose some weight you would like lose your mind wow yeah it's a real it's like reverse dysmorphia it's like reverse i guess it's anorexia mm. i guess would yeah. be the opposite yeah um, yeah how did you do them was it injections or pills or what do you do both 
Everything. Jeez. Wow, it's yeah. crazy. Well, people say I got AIDS and I'm anorexic and all kinds of stuff, but I just laugh at them. Yeah, well, you were always thin. Natural. I mean, yeah. but you, you, you say, but you guys, you still well, exercise. You can be naturally thin, right. Right. but you can't be naturally the Hulk. Right. That does not happen. <laughs> I've weighed 135 since I was 17. It, I never gained. That's Your sweet. body has a certain way it wants to be. It's called homeostasis. It wants, it know, it has a set point where mm-hmm. it's comfortable and balanced. Mm-hmm. And that's the way nature wants you to live, you cool. know, exist. Now, what do you do and now, if you George? you fool it, you pay the price later. That's true. George, George, you, you, you're in great shape now still. Do you work oh, out? thank you. Well, I don't have abs like this guy. No, but, but you know, my <laughs> wife actually, you know, we went to his birthday party and he was pretty much, you know, shirtless and half naked at the birthday party. <laughs> and it's making me feel really bad about myself. And my wife's like, dude, honey, I love you, but why can't you look more like Doug? Goes, I love you, Danica. I hope you're listening. Is to see your abs at some point? Or I know they're under there. <laughs> so at 65 I, <laughs> years old, God bless you that she, you're still looking for abs, man. That's right, amazing. Right. That is amazing. All right, so let's circle back to back to the band here, KXM. Will there be a live show? Three albums now. Will there be a live show? We know that Ray is the problem. Mm. We're always going to blame Ray because he's not here. <laughs> he's in that band Corn. But will there be live shows? This band screams to be heard live, in my opinion. Right. I, I think it's going to happen. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I think there's an 80% chance right. it's going to happen in December. Yep. You've carved out some time. Some yes. Window. We're just trying to work out the logistics and promoters and money. Yeah, and see if anybody wants to come see us. You know, most bands when they do their first live show, it's like, well, we only have one record of original material, so we're gonna have to fill it out with some covers. You guys <laughs> will have three albums to to pull. But a you set know what we're from. not gonna do? We're not gonna play songs from our respective other bands. You've already so there's made gonna that be decision. a pure KXM. Just, just yeah. don't want to do that. It's so it's so cheesy, and you it don't need cheesy. to. But it you is. don't need to because you've got mm-hmm. you've got. Uh, Three albums of material. Right. Well, we've from. got right. uh, uh, almost forty songs to pick from. Right, plus a guitar solo and drone solo, which has to be because you guys are the ones. Yeah, right. one of those of things won't put you to sleep. <laughs> right. You know, no, people need a reason. I'm, a, I'm to in a band bathroom. with two guys who are known for 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 that. You know, so they got to do their solo. Does that mean no bass solo? No bass solo. I'm what, not, dude? Are you kidding? <laughs> well, I suggest we do one song where we all change instruments. Uh-uh. Can you do that? <laughs> Does everybody know how to play drums? I can't. Can you play drums at all? You can play I drums. I can hold a beat for you, maybe a drummer. minute and a half. You're the drummer. <laughs> we'll play short songs. You can play bass. I'll play right? bass. <laughs> I can even sing badly. Okay, I'll let Very you badly, sing. But I don't know if you want to call it singing. But. George, you were the lead singer in your band here in L.A. early on. Is that true? I read that recently. Uh, in Northern California, I had a band called Gladiator, uh, Zoltar Galactic Gladiator of the Blue Skies. And we were kind it. of a, we would dress in costumes that, that are mom made us out of you know material and stuff and then we had lightning bolts and things like that and then we would we would blow up everything we had tons of flash pots we had flash troughs actually were rain gutters full of gunpowder and our friends would set them off and we'd sometimes blow ourselves up. in fact we blew up our whole band room set on fire and burned all our equipment down which is why we broke up but anyways <laughs> the band's called zoltar zoltar galactic, galactic gladiator of the blue skies and i was the lead singer and i had no business being a lead singer are you making this up no. you can't make that up. we had no songs less up. than 15 minutes long wow you think kxm is bad <laughs> Oh, so you're proggy. You guys oh, are super prog. Whoa. Our songs were journeys that ne- always ended up somewhere else from where it started. Was this your very first band? No, no, no. My first band was Tungus Grump. 
We're just a stoner band. Blues and rock. Tungus Grump. Tungus Grump. He really sold out on KXM. That's too easy. Oh, this is commercial. He was the last one that let that happen. He wanted. He had all kinds of different names, but I don't know. I just like the. I got my way, kind of. You know, I was pretty forceful about just the the letters. But what's your first name? Uh, your first band's name? Uh, Stoneflower. Stoneflower. Yes, Sly and the Family Stone is my favorite band, and his production company was Stoneflower. It's a lot so better than KXM. <laughs> and King's X was sneak preview before King's X. The Edge sneak preview then King's X. The Edge sneak preview and King's X. The Edge, we that. yeah, we loved the Edge, but we found later that a bunch of bands had that name, so we changed it to Sneak. Thing is, if you call it the Edge, you'll get a lot of people come to your shows because they'll think it's a guitar well, player from you too. Yo, you, um, back I when like we that was 1980 when I named Kings X, and there was we didn't know anything about the Edge at the that time. Before you two, yep. Well, you two came out exactly almost the same time, except uh, when I heard them, we were already called the Edge. And I said, wow, a guitar player is called The Edge. That's weird. So let me ask the obvious question for the audience. How did Kings, uh, How did KXM come together? Uh, where does, how does George Lynch, Doug Pinnock, Ray Luzier all connect? Where is the connection? Mutual fans of each other's work, I'm sure. But where is the genesis of the idea of doing a band and a trio come from? Who, whose idea is it? Where does it germinate? I think it was Ray's. I mean, we all wanted to, but Ray's a guy that we went to Ray's house for a birthday party for his son. He's one years old, and uh, I'd never really hung out with George or Ray. Really, I've known him for a long, long time and and stuff, but I never really went to a party and just kind of hung out. And Ray had a st- small studio that he just built in his house when he lived here, and he says, "Hey, man, I got a studio. We ought to jam sometime." And I remember the next thing I remember, we made a record in 12 days, a few months later. I don't know how it happened, but George calls up and says, hey, dudes, I got a studio, got it built. I mean, we got to go do this now. And it's like, that's the way George is. He gets real excited and goes, it's got to be done. And uh, and we look around and go, well, let's go make a record. I get kind of pushy when I want to do He's something. He's very like, pushy. I'm kind of very, right, I know. It's but a, we I, understand. To, to a fault. You know, I it's, it's, a lot of people. The only reason it's not a fault in our band is because me and Ray made a pact and said we weren't going to let him overpower us. <laughs> well, you succeeded. We reel you in. We is love that you. The, is that the, the key, Doug? Is I think so. Dealing with George Lynch and, just and, to make a pact? And George has an <laughs> unbelievably cool personality, which can be misunderstood. And as long as you're secure with yourself, you're fine. But George, sometimes you'll say things, and you don't know if he's serious or not, or if he's joking, or he's making fun. I'm and, always and, joking. I know. I think, well, I've learned. But you have to just go blind sometimes, go, this isn't, he's not fucking with me. He's just having fun. You know, and so uh, I can see why other people might hate you. I'm working on it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't work on it. Be yourself, man. That's what I believe is be yourself. Yeah, I don't like if alienating you, people and pissing people yeah, off. Yeah, but if you're not hurting anyone, I if you piss people feelings. off and... I don't yeah. think so. I think you've hurt their ego or you make them, you know, yeah. they, they have their problems, you know. You can't, you can, we can't go around and be somebody else for people just because their feelings going to get hurt. I'm tired of what? this I, whole thing. Oh, you hurt my feelings. Oh, you I, said I, this, I can't you said stand that. it. Oh, get out oh, of here. Oh, stop it. I'm offended I, at how offended, how, I'm offended how, at how easily you're offended mm-hmm. is what I yes. say. That's my offense. War of words on I married a woman that can out 
<laughs> she can put me in my place. But, 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 you know, that's funny you bring that up because everybody knows. I just read a huge interview with you, George, and Don Dockin in the new issue of Rock Candy Magazine, a British magazine, where you both did an interview, a very extensive interview. I just read it on the plane coming out here. And yeah, I should have brought it so you could see it. But, but they, they get it. A lot of it is about the perceived or the dysfunction in docking over the years and the push pull and all that you know to me i've known you for a, a long time and i've known don for a long time and i honestly would tell people at least privately even if not on the air i'd say you know, yeah that george you know he, he he is a dick man but you know i deal with them but i never i can honestly say george i can honestly say at least now look i'm not around you like being in a band but i can honestly say i've never ever gotten that vibe from you and in fairness honestly i've never had nothing but great experiences with don either but even like when you played on that metal show i remember we had uh, george in the stands playing a couple times and it was just it was amazing and we had guitar players that pulled some ego stuff and i don't want this here and that's got to be you you just you've always been very easy easy and i don't know like, is it something I'm not seeing, or if do you have to be in a band like Tug? No, what, here, what here it is. Here it is. It's assholes will call out other assholes, or they'll make you. They'll think you're being an asshole. They'll project their assholeness right. on you. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. It's like you know. I mean, I, I think of these people that don't like Georges because they're the asshole. Well, you know, no. To be period. fair, when, there's another side to our business, which is the business. And when it comes to the business. I'm pretty hard nosed. He's shrewd. I'm, well, I don't know. I'm You're shrewd. shrewd. Well, maybe I don't know. Whatever it is, but it's an important part of the business that I deal with. You know, and it's it's my livelihood and my family. Yeah. You know, that's how I support my family, keep my kids right. in college, and you know, do all the things that I do. And he's, I, he's not, and he, I love it. I love that part of the. He's business. not afraid to say how much he feels he's worth, and he demands it, or else he won't do it. And I think that's a beautiful thing because a lot of times my problem was I'd just do things for free, and people, what are you doing this for free for? When you could, you know, we all, we make a living at what we do, you know, and we do this for fun, and, and we just go home and hang out. But no, we got to get paid. And, and you asked about Don, and then we we started talking about oh, yes, this. Sorry. So here's the difference between the two things. Yes, with us, we. Sp- we all work really hard, equally hard, and we all split everything up equally, period. Everything. Okay? And there's no, nobody's counting any beans. There's no mm-hmm. bean counters in this band. We don't care. We put that aside seven Even years Even though ago. I want to get paid twice because I sing and play. <laughs> you <laughs> should. And, I, and I'm actually, I, I agree with Ray's you. Ray's the one that doesn't want that to happen. Yeah, because he's an <laughs> asshole. But, but Don, on the other hand, and other people I work with, it's a different relationship because of the business. Not personally. I could sit here with Don and have an interview, and we're fine. Um, you know, it's people just, just hanging out and, and even making music and stuff. But it's when it comes to the business that we have um, some friction, some serious friction. I've said this so many times, and it's just the truth. If you want to trace back drama or issues or ask questions why things did or did not happen with any band in any scenario, whether it's concerts, records, whatever, if you trace all the lines back, eventually 99% of the time it lands on business and money. Mm -hmm. And I once asked Getty Lee how it was possible for Rush to exist for over 40 years with the same three guys with what seemed like never a hiccup. And he said, because we never let things get heavy, and from the get-go, it was a third, a third, a third, 
It didn't matter whether it was merch, publishing, sales, and it, we never had a problem in our life. And, you know, Doug, you said something. Kings that same way, yeah. You, but you said something a second ago when these we were just talking. three pieces, too, you're What's talking that? about. You're talking about three these trios, only, yeah. So there's only three pieces of the pie, right. which is nice. That's the bigger pieces. But Doug, Doug referenced this a second ago because I was talking about uh, KXM live shows and if there was going to be any, you you – and I, I, I registered with me because this is not something most artists would do. Most artists love to project, hey, we're only in this for the fun and to serve the fans. Sure you are, but it's also your business, your livelihood. It's how you make your living. When, you, when I asked you about KXM live shows, you said, and of course, money. money. And if the promoters have money for right. us, which most people wouldn't say in a context of a radio interview. But it's very revealing and it's true. They may not say it, but that's really what drives it. You can't play if you're going to go out and play, you need gas, you need vehicles, you need rooms, exactly. you need to make it work. You why, need to come home with something. There's no shame in that. Why is the music business unique in that sense where the perception is for artists, for them to be pure, they have to be non-committed or interested in any kind of financial gain, which is what makes any organism in the history of the universe operate, because all it is is an exchange of energy. Mm-hmm. So it's the barter system with currency. You know, and that's all it is, and it, and and it has to be equitable. I mean, that's the I- ideal is that it's equitable. In other words, the amount of energy that we're exchanging is, you know, correlates to how much money you're making. So if we go out there and play a show, I mean, we've got mortgages, and you know, we've got mouths to feed, just like everybody else. So why is it like that for musicians, when for every other business, it's not? You know, I mean, because we're going out and having fun with our friends. You're just playing That's music. You're just playing say, music, oh, yeah, dude. It's easy. It <laughs> it's not like a real job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Until, Explain and, to me why you're worth... Until make. you quote unquote make it, then all of a sudden they want to be your best friend you and know come out and swim in your swimming pool. I had a friend <laughs> come out with me on the road uh, once, a very, very good friend who came out with me, and this was in the 90s. He goes, I want to, can I go on the road with you for a week? I'm like, hell yeah. It'll be fun. He got, you know, we had a bus and everything. He lasted two days. Mm. Yeah, he lasted two days. He goes, I don't know how you do this. Yep, I have people that come to my my studios at my home, and I've worked with, and they've come and hung out. You know, people I've worked with, and they're just like, and they've spent their days with me, and they're just like, how the fuck do you do this? How, you do this all the time. We don't I mean, sleep, dude. We wake up and go to bed. I get up at this. six in the morning. I go to bed at twelve mm-hmm. or one every single day. Every I work day. seven days a week. You know, Every day, Sundays too. You, you, no you got to get it done. Well, yeah. I mean, even what I do, it's a, it's kind of twenty four seven because you're still on the weekend. Okay, I'm getting exactly. ready, setting up for Monday. And the one thing we all share in common, what I do, what you guys do, is at the end of the day, we're we're independent contractors. Right. We work. We our money goes like this, mm-hmm. up and down, based right. on what's going on and what the opportunities you are. Know how to smooth those valleys and you got to know how to manage money. You diversify. Yeah. You diversify, yeah. which means I learned that in the '90s when rock became rock guitar became weird, and it was kind of you were embarrassed to admit that you played solos and shit like that. And uh, so I started building guitars, working on my endorsements, and playing for other people and composing for other people, and that leveled the valleys and the peaks out a little bit to where it wasn't so bumpy, so I wouldn't have these, you know, huge dips in my in my income. Yeah, and say, and say I do multiple radio shows and a podcast and TV stuff and hosting stuff. People ask, you know, why why do you fly all around the country and mm. do these different things? Well, because I do generally enjoy it, and I do generally enjoy, enjoy connecting and, and meet and and meeting fans and people that appreciate what I do. But I also got 
three mouths to feed, yeah. waiting at home, and two kids coming up on college. Wow. This is the other thing? I didn't know that. What's yeah. the what's the what's well, the my daughter's thing a year playing. or so away from oh, college? Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. Dougie, when we're playing, mm-hmm. that's easy, right? We're yeah. on stage, you're 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 basically in the zone, you're forgetting about time and space, and you're basically mm-hmm. meditating, right? So it's the only you, time you have you don't a have to pay time. me for that, but you know what you have to pay me for? The other 22 hours Getting the there and yeah. getting home or getting and to the next day. And also, it seems like the more we play music and more we do this and the more they can see us, it seems like people seem to want to borrow money from us. They wanted us to bail them out. I wanted so to talk they, to you about all, that if we could yeah, talk they afterwards. All, <laughs> yeah. They all think we're rich. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, we just got money. all this money I can give you now. You know what I'm going? I, I make less than you do. What are you talking about? I left my, I left my cash in my other pants. I want to get some callers out. in here in the conversation. What? KXM is the band. Circle of Dolls is the album. It's out now. It's their third album. It sounds like we're finally going to get live shows from this killer band. But I want to let the audience talk to you guys a little bit. But before I take a couple calls, one last thing from me talking about money. You don't have to tell me the amount or anything but do you remember i'm sure you do how could you forget each of you what the biggest like the the big for you doug it it may not have happened out of but you never got the huge payday no, right never. you never had a record company come to you with a big fat check with like se- you know seven zeros on it or anything oh, like no. that <laughs> never <laughs> <Not> just <laughs> oh no are you kidding because <laughs> the perception of king's x mm. and i've talked about this mm. and so have you but having been there when you were signed was always that the band was so much bigger mm-hmm. than what the reality was in sales and receipts yeah. but you 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 still probably did you ever have any moment where it was just like whether it was for a gig or some rich guy offered you a ton of money Woodstock. to play his backyard Woodstock was it <laughs> no, Woodstock no here's here's the deal it was the biggest our, moment our, our old manager Sam Taylor back in the day he controlled everything so we never got any money from him I mean money thousands hundreds of thousands of dollars went through but we didn't get it we didn't see it and when he left it was all over but the biggest check i ever got was twenty seven thousand dollars i remember it was on the gretchen record because we got a three hundred thousand dollar t-shirt deal and i got twenty seven thousand dollars out of it and and sam took all the rest well i was just going to say you got three guys Mm twenty seven times three Is oh, uh, oh but let me, let me eighty thousand? Where'd listen, the other two twenty go? L- listen, and Sam wasn't. Uh, we were only getting three hundred dollars a week, so Jerry was behind on his bills and everything. And Sam kept saying we didn't have any money, and so he would borrow extra money from the band so that. And Sam said, whenever we get a big payoff, he has to pay us back. So when we got to twenty seven, Jerry got no money. Sam didn't give him any because he owed it to him, and. It was like I th- we all thought to ourselves, "This is not right." This is, you know, that was the, that was getting close to the end of the Sam Taylor. I era. would think, yeah, I would think he took everything. The Woodstock, uh, when you guys played Woodstock '99, mm-hmm. was that a big was that a big payday? I never known because I don't know how much money we made. I don't know what where the money went or what. God, happened. that's tragic, man. And that's why George is the way George is. He's on top of the business. He wants yeah. to know. Nothing wrong with that, dude. Nothing, nothing whenever, wrong whenever, with if you have a manager and you go to him and say, "How much money we making?" or "How much? What's on the books?" and he says, "Don't you trust me? Get rid of him." George, for you, well, and how they're to, making more money than you are. Oh, get rid of them if they won't tell you what's going on. When they, when they instruct the CPAs not to tell the people, you just the, hit the nail on the head. Uh-huh. That's how managers mm-hmm. control the flow of the money because mm-hmm. they hire the, the business CPAs. manager, the CPA, and that business manager is beholden to them mm-hmm. more than the artist mm-hmm. because that business manager is going to bring them his whole roster. Yeah, and their artists are are come and go. We got a new CPA, and he sent us the books uh, against Sam's. Uh, request and we were on the road sam didn't know it 
and we mm. read it. We opened it up and we saw so much money being thrown away. God, I mean, he even offered he even offered people money to help their business, saying that we got so much money coming in. We, you know, you need any extra money for your business and stuff. And and the three of us were sitting there making three hundred bucks a week. You know, the best thing a, a young band can do, or a band that's like starting to do something is keep the money away from the man. Keep the, the, yes. the accountant. Control it. You control the accountant because that's where, that's where all the shit happens. Billy right? Joel. Follow the money. <laughs> mm. follow George, the real money. quick, the, the, the pinnacle for you, how to be docking, was it like Monsters of Rock uh, Tour? The pinnacle for me, advance-wise, was uh, the two first Lynch Mob records, which is uh, 1.3 mil. Doug just fell off his chair. But I am having both per record or both. No, 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 both records. We never got over a hundred thousand for the first four records. But I got to (laughs) say, so leaving Dawkins was nice for you, even with my best years in Dawkins and the early Lynch Mob years in the late eighties and early nineties. I am doing better now. I'm having my best year this year in my whole life. Is it because you're playing? You're doing so much diverse stuff. I have my guitar company. I have seven endorsers. I have six or seven different musical projects. I play. I write music for other people. I play on other people's records. I do private deals. I just on and on. I do gear transactions. I do just do all kinds of things. Jeez, just, of the day. Can I have some money, George? Six hundred thousand a pop for those Lynch Mob records. Wow. You were the, you were the just complaining about. People now wanting money to borrow money. <laughs> Fifteen minutes ago, and now you're that guy. You need swimming lessons. I told you I left my cash in my other pants. I have to do. I need I, money for parking. I have to say this about money. And though. he wants a coupon. Can we cut this? Can we? Hey, how do you think I, I have to make money by saving money? You make money by saving money. I gotta say one thing, guys. I gotta give Brian Slagle a, a shout out for Metal Blade because yeah. when I when King's X left Atlantic and we joined up with Metal Blade, he signed King's X and. And he signed me for two solo record deals. And those advances for me helped me put money down in a house and a studio. And without You're doing those, good now. You're without doing good those now. two things, I wouldn't have. It, 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 it lifted me up. And I always thank him for that. Yeah. Aren't you doing the best now that you've ever done? The best I've ever done. Right? Mm-hmm. We both are. Right? A lot of people are in our job. I yeah. noticed that our friends... Are all kind of everybody's firing on all cylinders. Right? Right. Good. Yeah. yeah, it's not, it's not a lot. It's just enough to keep going and not worry. Yeah, that's right. why. That's it, all you need. And but social you know security. When I got social security, it was like, oh, oh we're, we're back to that. Going, oh, <laughs> telling people how old yeah, we are because I'm going. Dude, that's not okay, sexy. Social security, man. Then uh, pay, uh, when I get that, that's my rent. So that's everybody's worry. You remember when we rent. used to lie about our age? <laughs> yeah, no I more. Never did. Full transparency never did. here, folks. The new album is called Circle of Dolls from KXM which also includes Ray Luzier, who we're going to call Ray. Are we going to get Ray on the phone? Yeah, yeah how do we do that? He um, wants to. He just... I gotta, wait, I'm going to text Ray right now a number for him to call in to us. So hold on a second. Producing live on the fly here. Look at this. <laughs> we should have our own radio station. Dude. <laughs> I know. George, you wanted to tell a story, though, about... Oh, I forgot what I was going to You said say. something about bus pissing. Oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> I don't want to... People you, might be eating George lunch right now or something. George notes and everything. I thought we were going to get that story. Well, then I thought about it. Second thoughts. I don't want to talk about colostomy bags and, you know, lynch, lynch bagging, lynch hot bagging. Hold I don't on. want to talk about that. We're going to... We're texting Ray Lazier furiously Ray. here. If you give me the number, I'll tell him right now. Not on the air. I can't oh, give it to you oh, on the air because it's a hotline. Eddie, put his number in the VX. Excuse I can me. read it and dial it from here in New York. Oh, yeah, so we could hot. do that too. Hold on a second. We're producing on the fly, folks. Yep. Hold on. 
Um, he may get the text and call in first, but either whatever happens, Ed. Either or. There you go. The number's okay. in there for you to call Ray. Going to get the get Ray Luzier on here in a second. He just landed. He just flew oh, in from wow. England. Jeez. That guy, ne- does he ever sleep? No, man. He doesn't stop. Brent in Kansas, you're on with George and Doug. What's going on, Brent? Hey, man. Uh, Doug, I've been listening to your music for a long time, or appreciate it, and I have a question that goes back to the early days when you played back with Phil Kagey and we're back in the Midwest. Wow. Uh, I know that you were um, invited to be a part of a band that Greg Bolts had, and then that didn't pan out, but there was a rumor going around at one time, maybe you filled in with Petra later, and I wanted to see if that was true, and I wanted to see if there were any other um, recordings that you might have done with Phil Kagey that might not have been Christian per se, but might be other people's uh, albums that you guys played on. Oh, there's only one record with, with Phil Kagey. He put a record out called uh, uh, Flipside, and he and I wrote this song called Just a Moment Away. And then I remember I went back to my relative's house in Kansas City, and his he, his wife went to the hospital and had her first baby. Uh, wow. So that I'll never forget that. What was the other question? Uh, uh, oh, Petra. Um, what happened was uh, Greg had asked me to join Petra, and Jerry also, and when we went to, we, we moved to Springfield, Missouri, relocated, and when we got there, the band broke up, and and then we just kind of luckily got to play with Phil Keggy for like a year, and then after that, uh, Jerry and I stuck together, and King's X happened. Awesome. Great. Thanks very much. Thank I appreciate you, it. Thanks for the appreciate question. Appreciate it. I would suggest and remind anybody who's a big King's X fan to check out a book that came out recently written by Greg Prado. Uh, an oral history of King's X, and it is a fa- I loved it. Did me you too. like the way it me came too. out? Me too. I love the way Greg writes his books too, because yes. he lets everybody else tell the story and just does a bunch of interviews. And that's what I loved about it. I didn't have to tell much of a story. Everybody else did, and it was it's loved. I love hearing what other people have to say. Yeah. Learn. Was that uh, the guy that wrote the Art of the Deal? Is he a ghostwriter? <laughs> The art of the deal. Donald Trump. It's a joke. I'm trying to be funny. Oh, I got it. <laughs> That's why I looked at you and like, oh, <laughs> the art of the base deal. George, Jamie, George has humor. <laughs> Jamie in Kentucky. What's going on, Jamie? How's it going? Um, I got a few questions for uh, George. Uh, I, I saw you all in Hazard, Kentucky, a few years ago. Lance Bob kicked our ass. So good. Um, who were your in- early influences? And also, what do you think your favorite Dawkins song is that you played on? Uh, well, my earliest influences were uh, jazz musicians and flamenco guitarists that my dad made me listen to and play along to, and that's what I learned uh, initially from. And then I went into blues and R&B, and then the Beatles happened, and then that led to the British Invasion with the Four Horsemen, Hendrix, Clapton, Page, and Beck, and I was um, on my way. You, you you grew up here on the Southern California scene playing. You talked about some of your earlier bands Tell before. Tell about Jimi Hendrix. You saw Hendrix? I met Jimi Hendrix. You met Hendrix? Yeah. Way, gonna, right after this story, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to talk to Ray Luzier. He's now on hold. But tell that story. I didn't know you met Hendrix. He, he posted a picture one time. Yeah, it was you a, have a photo with Hendrix? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, How my, old are you? My friend and I, uh, I think 12, I was... 13? No, oh, I think I was... 16 or 17 okay. or something maybe 16, little skinny george 15 i can't remember but uh my friend and i we, we had our little band together and we would always go hang out at the music store and he was playing the forum i believe so uh he had came into the store for some reason and i got to meet him i didn't realize the profoundness of that until 
later years. I mean, I did to a certain extent, but not like I do now. But you got a photo yeah. of it, yeah. Which is, of yeah. course, now everybody has a photo of everything. But it was then. taken with one of those little one ten cameras with the flash cube yeah, on it yeah, and everything. Yeah. Yeah, go to his Instagram; it's there. Wow. Yeah, I posted. I think it we on posted the it on the KXM too once. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you yeah. never met Hendrix, did you? Doug? No, 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 no. Because you're older than George. So you Doug is. Yeah, he was seven years old. Better than photo. <laughs> nah, I wish. Well, we looked a lot alike, and we're both left-handed. And I used to wear a headband, and I had an afro just like he did. And you're the bass-playing version of Hendrix. Oh yeah. Well, you pe- are, people used to look at us and go, "Go, dude, you look just like." And I used to tell people he was like related to me back in the day. Yeah, I just thought it was yeah. cool. Uh, all right. Well, so I used to pretend I was Superman. Race on Superboy. We now go to the phone and welcome in the third third. Oh, my God. And he now joins us. And we were just talking during the, the break. They're not together all that often, even for interviews. So we have reunited and have all three members of KXM with Ray Luzier now joining us on the phone. What's going Finally, on, brother? The most, the most important member of the band is on the phone now. <laughs> well, that has been established. Yes. And that was established before you even were listening, yeah. Ray. They all I, said that. I, I That's thought. true, except for exactly the opposite. No, we really <laughs> said it. <laughs> There's a reason you're not here. <laughs> Sirius XM actually this, requested you not be here. This is what I live with. When we are together, the, the two just go at it all day long. Well, he doesn't understand, dude. He's not a musician. He's a drummer. Rail text, oh. Ray, Ray oh, wow. text us and say, hey, hey George. George, how's, how's Lunch Mom doing? <laughs> lunch, <laughs> my favorite man, Lunch Mom. I really hurt my feelings, yeah. I feel terrible. Uh, yeah. Ray, where are you, man? Are you out with Corey? <laughs> I'm not. I just got back from England, Manchester. I did a oh, drum he's going to start down there. Eddie, you, you know I'm a drum geek, Eddie, and I do all the drum stuff. And So I uh, did, did a drum festival with like 20 amazing, just insane drummers. So I just got back. I'm a little bit jet-lagged, but I'm in Nashville now. I'm home. So, so they you, had like twenty really great drummers, and you? <laughs> yeah, yep. All the great. Ray, is this why you signed? Up? Ray, you're you're in a really big band in Corn. You're playing all over the world, headlining festivals. You really did you really sign here, up for Lynch? Did I, you really bring this upon I, yourself? You know what I did today? I felt I, sorry I for him. Here, I, I, I was picking up. I, I was picking up dog shit in my backyard. <laughs> he I, was, and I felt Ray, sorry was, for him. He's an aging rock star, and I said, you know, right. I'm going to give him. A chance. <laughs> X rock star, hello. <laughs> and we have covered the age thing. It's funny, Ray, because you're hitting on all the things we we covered. It's almost like you were listening. <laughs> the aging thing and and everything else. Yeah, he's the baby of the band. He's so cute. <laughs> the these guys the were devils. saying these these guys were saying you're the arbiter of what KXM sounds like. In other words, you're the one that really cracks the whip and comes up with stuff. And I found it really interesting earlier when they were saying that. If they come in with ideas in advance, you're the one that says that's not allowed. No, if George comes in, I never come up with ideas. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole point. That was my idea. No, nobody comes in with. At least I have some ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the good songs are mine. Uh, now, um, you know that was the big rule. I'm sure they told you, but like, you know, if, if George said, "Hey, I've been working on this thing," we're like, "Well, it's gone then. Why don't you lie and say you weren't working on it so we can?" You know, because that's the whole thing with KXM, you know, write one song a day, move on to the next. So they were saying earlier now, three studio records that it feels like, it feels like a live show, maybe, in the works, or some live shows coming up. Do we have a window? It, it is definitely, uh, I have, we finally have a window. Corn pushed our, our November tour back to the end of January now. So um, we are, there's a darn good chance of it. Um um, now and we might do a little smaller run in December, and we're trying to work out logistics and 
routing and see if it's all feasible. But um, this is the closest we've ever got since what George and Doug thirteen, fourteen. When we started this band. Yeah. <laughs> when we were I go, yeah. Well, if you're going to do December, you'd have to probably get ready to start announcing oh, that shit, like around right. now. We're we're late September. Well, we we need better to, hurry up and learn the song. I'm going on the <laughs> I'm on the Hendrix Experience tour for the next three weeks. Are you Monday? Yeah. Are you doing it again? Yeah, it was Satriani and uh, Kenny. Oh, Aaron. I saw you do that in New Jersey. It was badass, <laughs> man. <laughs> How many times have well, you done it? Well, guess what? You better you better it's be practicing. Can I get on? <laughs> But that's killer. That band that that Doug did on the Experience Hendrix is is Doug, Kenny Aronoff, and Joe Satriani, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. My God, that was killer. I saw that in New Jersey on this run. I forgot there's another leg coming yeah. up. Well, there goes the KXM dates, Ray. Thanks. You go back <laughs> no, to porn. No, we, no, the month after that, then we have we, I have off so we can do the December thing. But we got to rehearse. <sighs> Yeah, we've never played these songs to get as a song. You guys have never, uh, yeah, you would have never rehearsed for a live show because there's never one book. Right, we're not going to play these songs. We're just going to like make up shit. So you know how we write our records? Yeah, that's what we're going to do live. (laughs) We're going to improvise our live show and then cut and paste them and let people hear what's happening. (laughs) The audience is going to participate in the process. We've literally, I've learned the songs. The only songs I know by us is the the videos we've done because you have you figure them out by the time you're done with the video. You can play it and sing it. You know, that's crazy. So we just need to do a lot of videos. And what we got to do scatterbrain. And I got there and and they said, okay, you got to lip sync. And I'm thinking, I've never played this riff and sung it. And it took a couple times to link up. Scatterbrain's a hard song to sing and play. These are not easy songs. No. I just but we never that, thought we were going to tour, right, Ray? Yeah. No, I, I, Go ahead, Ray. Go ahead, Ray. We were pretty much a studio band from the get-go, but then obviously we wanted to play live. But I just did Stars, which is the first song off of our first record the other day in Manchester to, uh, you know, Doug and George were there on the laptop. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I did the minus drum thing where I just played, and I did actually sound check with Scatterbrain, and I was like, I'm not going to do this today because it's a barn burner, man. I wasn't ready to do it, so but I was planning on it. But yeah. <laughs> Since Doug and I are older, is there any way we could do the tour like that? What's that? Oh yeah, sure. I'll or just play to your just cardboard your cutouts on, and we could be on the iPod. <laughs> I know a guy. Sure, who make a you, you know where to send the check, right? You got my address. <laughs> hey, they did the whole the, you know Tupac thing with holograms and Dio. Why not? Right. Hello. Hello. Yeah. It's doable. I know the. I know a guy. I know a guy. His name is Jeff. I know a guy. All right. Well, Ray, doing, what's Eddie? coming up with you? I, I'm good, man. I, I'm before I go because I'm going to run out of time here. Anything you want to hit or mention? We covered KXM pretty good before you got on, but you got corn stuff coming up. The record, the new record, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Anything you want to you mention? We just got off a great tour with Allison Chains. It was awesome. Thanks for everyone out there that came out to it. Um, definitely a lot of stuff in 2020. We just booked Rock and Ring, Rock and Park, all those festivals in Europe. And uh, super proud of the Nothing, that record. Everyone, please go buy it. Don't download it for free. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Look, seriously, all the KXM fans out there, look look for dates because it's, it's looking more and more promising. We're really going to try to do it this time. I know a bunch of people have been hitting us up. So please uh, keep on KXM official on Instagram and, and the Rat Pack Records site to check it all out.
Yeah, I mentioned uh, I mentioned to these guys, and I've said it a lot of times to all of you guys, hearing this music and the way you record it and do it, it just screams to be heard live. It really does. So I'm really excited to see a live show, and I hope it absolutely comes off. And congrats Definitely. on all the stuff with Corn. I had uh, I had Jonathan and Head on my show not too long ago for the record while you guys were out yeah. with Alice in Chains. I know that's doing great as well. So uh, anyway, man, travel safe, and hopefully I'll see you soon. Okay, Ray? I appreciate it, man. Thanks, everyone. Sure. You, Ray, see, rehearsal. See you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Better start shedding. Love you, Ray. Love you, Ray. Love you. See you, man. There he goes. Ray Luzier, everybody. Checking in for a few. <laughs> Little cameo there. There's yeah. your KXM reunion. He does very good interview, doesn't he? He does. By good. the way, I just saw that, speaking of Rat Pack Records and Joe, and who, who does your records, and I love what he does because he puts a lot into putting out physical product. There's always like a t-shirt and I love all that stuff, picks and buttons and stickers. And it's never just here's well, these days. You don't even get anybody to send you anything, let alone <laughs> here's a file, which half the time I just delete. But you, you, uh, I saw in the, tr- in the rundown for the new KXM record that they did it on cassette. Yeah, I have mine. That's insane. Yeah. Is that, a, that I've, I've been talking about that. I'm a little bit on my cassette player. That's yeah. becoming a thing again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't you, think people play actually play them. I think they just kind of keep yeah. them as a. My Hendrix yeah. re- tribute record is out on cassette too. Is you, so you have your own KXM record on cassette? Yes. Is the so the tape that's in it is actually the record? It's I not just so. a I dummy thing. I haven't opened it yet, but I have pulled out my cassette. No, player. it's functional. It's it, functional. And the music on it is actually your the record. Cassettes never sounded good, so. Oh, they sounded great. You thought so? Yeah, because it's well, analog. It was tape. Analog, it was tape. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So wow. Well, I had a guy on this show a couple years ago who did. There was a, he did a documentary about cassettes Ooh. called Cassette. It's I'd just like called to see cassette. that. She get it. I got it on uh, on iTunes. It was a ninety nine cent download okay. or whatever, and it it talked about the importance. People forget how important cassettes were because it was the first time we were able to record portably record music yeah. and record mm-hmm. our own stuff. And it talked the whole story of cassettes, even to the point of how they impacted having answering machines, which took cassettes that you couldn't have had that. So it was really fascinating. But the biggest reveal was that the guy told me, this was two years ago, that 170,000 cassettes were sold in that year, two years ago. New, new cassettes. Wow. So it's not, as as nuts as it sounds, what's old is new again, which is good for us since we all just talked about how old we all are. Vinyls exceeded uh, CD sales in the last couple of years. And I threw away like a thousand CDs. No. I mean, uh, cassettes. Don't throw away your CDs because they will come back. I believe that. And there's a catch on that though, George, because I'm a big CD guy, right? Here's the catch on that. An album cost $40. A CD costs ten. Yeah. So if they're doing a calculation based on well, revenue, it's, units, it's, it's four it's, to one. Money yeah, wise. money wise, it's four to one. Yeah, true. So yeah, mm. the CD is still hanging in there. Tool just sold a hundred thousand copies of their new album on CD. Really? I bought one. Did you? Oh yeah. No, you didn't. Because I don't have one. Oh, no, I can't no, find it. iTunes. I bought iTunes. Oh okay. Because because you can't find the it's CD. Like an invisible tour. CD. Mm. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a way to look at it. Well, great to visit with those guys, uh, Ray Luzier, Doug Pinnock, and of course, George Lynch on the podcast this week, and uh, great to have those guys on and spend some time chatting with them and talking about KXM, which they mentioned uh, in the interview on and off the air at the time we did that, that they were hoping to do live shows with KXM in December. Well. We're in December, 
and they ain't doing any live shows. So the streak of not ever playing live continues for that band, which just screams to be heard live, in my opinion. We'll see if that happens somewhere down the line. But those guys are also very honest, and I always applaud that transparency, that they've also got to get offers of money that makes sense for them to do it, which, you know, is not an easy thing to do. So we'll see what the future holds. All right, thanks to George, thanks to Doug, and thanks to Ray on the phone. Uh, thank you to you guys for listening. Again, follow on Twitter, at Eddie Trunk, Instagram, fan page on Facebook. EddieTrunk.com is the official online home. If you're in L.A., I hope to see you Thursday, December 12th at the Rainbow for the uh, next L.A. invasion. This one with a holiday party theme, totally free. Join me 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific on the patio at the bow. Didn't even get a chance to talk earlier in the open about the whole Motley Crew reunion, Def Leppard, Poison thing. I mean, I touched on the Crew reunion a couple weeks ago, so go back and uh, listen to that podcast if you want to get my thoughts on the undoing of the farewell tour. But uh, now, of course, the tour being official with Poison and Leopard. It'll be interesting to watch and see how that does with those three bands getting together and going out. We'll keep you posted on that as well. Be sure to listen to me every day on Sirius XM Channel 106, Volume 2 to 4 and 10 to Midnight Eastern or On Demand on the app. Katie Irizarry produces this podcast. I will see you guys next Thursday for a new episode. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.